This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What's up, Dad? What's up, buddy? How are you? What's up, Dak? I'm good, man. I'm, uh, we have Tammy. Tammy? What the fuck is wrong with you? We got Tommy Laren on the podcast today. Tammy. Let's start no, again. No, no, we're not Tammy, starting again. Tommy. This is We're keeping this shit. No, no Pat, we, we are, are keeping, keeping this. this. I don't even Cause... fucked it up. We are keeping this. So, welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast, She's going to listen to this, Dak. She's going to be pissed. No, she's not going to be pissed. I'd call her Tammy, but we're okay. going with it. Pat, we're canceling. Oh, no. no, we're nope. not canceling it. Da- Tammy <laughs> See, you just did it, asshole. All right. <laughs> Tommy Laren is on the podcast today, and we're moving forward. We're not we're not erasing it. This is great shit. I like hearing you fuck up. She's cool, man. I've interviewed her a bunch. I mean, listen, I will say this first. I do not have the same political views as her, um, but I respect her honesty, um, and she's a nice person. Uh, every time I've been with her, she's so pleasant. My, my thing is, I think we will get hate for having her on, but I, I kind of don't care. I think that she is... She is interesting in her own regard. I, I am the same as you. I don't politically agree with everything that she does and says. At the end of the day, though, not here. we are not a political podcast. We're here to see the human side of people and what makes them fascinating or interesting. So, you know, I want to ask her how it feels to get hated on every day on social media. I want to hear what it feels like to have people call you racist and have your tweet blow up and get into feuds with some of the biggest rappers in the game. Like that to me, I want to hear about, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like if no, we- I agree with you, I want to hear what happened with her on the daily show with Trevor Noah. I want to hear what happened with her and Charlemagne the God, you know, and where that relationship is now. Uh, she is a, 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 she is a political commentator on Fox. She's yeah. a polarizing political commentator. They're, you know, Listen, I think I've said this before, but like in Hollywood, the most like I would say famous or talked about people, they're polarizing. Either you love them or you hate them, but the middle are boring. You know what I'm saying? So like getting these people that are are on and I don't say political one side or the other. I'm just talking about like love and hate. And I think that's why Paris Hilton has become so famous. Kim Kardashian, so famous because People love them or hate them. That's it. There's no middle point. And I think Tommy has also kind of hit that point in her career. I know what it's like. I want to know what it's like for someone like her. Yeah, I've interviewed Tommy uh, a few times outside Fox News in New York. And here's a Dax. This is a funny story. You know I'm banned from the Fox News property. Was that because you were out there with no pants? That could be it. But uh, <laughs> no, this is what happened. Funny story. So at the time, Stacey... Um, Stacy Dash was doing a show at like noon. She it was like I, I don't know I don't watch Fox News, but the show was like five women talking about politics, and she was like guest hosting for a little bit. And I waited her for her to film the show. And when she got done, I ran up with my camera and started interviewing her. And she was super sweet, super nice, super cool. Um, and I just asked her a few questions about what's going, you know, some 
topics are going on in the day. But then all of a sudden, another girl from the show who I don't I don't know her name ran in, started to like wanted to get in on the interview, and I was sort of like, eh, I don't really care about your opinion. I care about Stacy Dash. Like she's more of the star. And I guess the girl kind of sensed my energy, and she, like not, I didn't care about her because I just wanted to focus on Stacy. She went up to the security of Fox News and like the heads and said, I, "This guy should not be allowed on the property. This is not right. This is not fair." You know, this is private property. Oh, so you didn't do anything wrong. You just weren't interested. I wasn't in her. interested in her. I was standing on Fox News property, you know, doing the interview essentially. But I've done it plenty of times, like numerous of times, and they usually don't care. But the, and I was, I'm very close and cool with the security there. But she complained to the security and some of the heads there, and then they said, "Do not allow this guy on the property again." And the security, who I was friends with, said, "Listen, you know, it's not us." We can't have you on the property. We'll get in trouble because this girl complained yeah. about you, which was kind of funny. Interesting. I, I think my last interaction with Fox News is when I did the show the other – what was that? How many months ago? That was like maybe uh, four five or months five ago? months ago. Five months ago? Like yeah, which um, was pretty insane night for, for Tucker. you. So I did, I did Tucker's show. I couldn't believe how many texts I got that night. So I, I was on there for what? Three minutes maybe? doing just a stand-up and again it was nothing political about the stand-up it was just covering a a, a sports story my god the amount of i was like i had no idea the reach this show had i mean i've done every show on you know all, all these different news shows that one it was like my phone blew up and from people that i'm like didn't think that person watched Fox News. <laughs> you, you're actually – you're like a talking head on a tons of new shows around the country still. Is that the biggest platform you ever did where you got the biggest response? In regards to talking head, yes. I mean I think the biggest probably from Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Oh, well, yeah. Shark Tank. That, that one blew up. But I would say talking head news, yes, when I did when I did Tucker. That was crazy. Interesting. Really crazy stuff. Yeah. All right. Let's get – let's, let's read a comment. Uh, so we can get uh, Tammy, as you call it. <laughs> you fucked it up. Told you. All right. Let's get our comment Tommy. before Tommy Lauren. Lauren comes on. By the way, I need to say her name right. I fuck it up every time. Tommy Lauren. Okay. And I will probably mess it up during this interview because I, in my head it's Lauren. But Okay. Uh, so, you know, we love reading your guys' comments on the air. We appreciate you guys giving us reviews on iTunes. It's a huge... Give us a four stars and leave us a comment. We will read it. This one, I actually, we never read it before. And so I went back in time to grab it. Just thought it was a really nice comment. And it never made air because we weren't reading them at that time. So this one comes in from Jerry. It says, great show, really interesting, fun, and great view into the world of it. Love the chemistry between the two hosts and have the and the guests that have something to say. Reveals the fourth wall of Hollywood that no one talks about subscribed and give us a five stars from jerry so i just thought it was a nice comment we we never got a chance to read it so i'm doing it today very cool that's the best thing you do to support this podcast is leave a review make sure it's good give us five stars it's the best thing you do and we really appreciate it and we'll talk about it on air dax tell us about our guest today all right our guest today is a political conservative commentator she is uh, one of the hosts of fox nation some people love her, some people hate her, but I think we can all see she's good to look at. So here is Tommy Lauren. Tommy is in Nashville, which is uh, your home now. And, you know, obviously this is a podcast, but there is a YouTube element. Beautiful home right now behind you. Did you decorate that yourself or what's, how'd you, I mean, that is nice. 
It is beautiful. For, yeah, I'm telling you. It looks like it's straight out of a magazine. I appreciate you saying that. You know, sometimes you have to use the kitchen with all the COVID stuff. And I have a home studio upstairs, but this might even look better. So for right now, <laughs> the natural lighting is, is doing wonders. <laughs> you actually moved around a lot in the past few years. You're in L.A. Now you're in Nashville. How what what is the difference? How do you like Nashville compared to L.A.? Where would you ideally like to live? Are you happy where you are? Yeah, well, I don't even say that I left L.A. I said I fled L.A. Uh, almost a year ago to date, you know, and it was bad before COVID hit. But I can't imagine living in Los Angeles right now or the state of California in general. So, yeah, Tennessee is a much better state. I'm still in Nashville. Still a lot of liberals in Nashville, but they're nicer liberals. They're they're not uh, they're liberals that will just kind of sneer at you, but not liberals that will kick you or throw things at you. So I would say it's an upgrade. Yeah, California has definitely been a crazy place. I am so excited for like Disneyland to open up. Do you know how long? My kids love Disney and it's like 20 minutes from my house. So it's like finally life is getting back to normal here in California. Well, the new normal, as they would say. I I say as long as you have to wear a face diaper strapped to your ears, I don't know if that's necessarily normal, but I know that California and New York operate on different normal standards than the rest of the country. So you're as close as you're going to get probably. So Tommy, I feel like a lot of people saw you, you kind of came across their their Facebook feeds and YouTube, somehow the algorithm, you kind of popped in there. How do, what was the work that really put you on the map that people really got to see you? Sure. Well, I've been on national TV since I was 21. That was my first show at One America News. And no one really knew what One America News was. And of course, with the Trump administration, they kind of gained in some popularity. But that was my first show. I was 21. But I always did a segment at the end of my show called Final Thoughts. And that is the rants, as some would say. And those have always been able to somewhat go viral uh, throughout my career, whether I was at One America or when I went to The Blaze or even at Fox. Now I have a segment that's just final thoughts for Fox Nation. But I think most people would find me on social media. And a lot of people think that I started my career on social media, but I actually was in national television. It just tends to go viral when you speak your mind and you don't pull any punches. And that's always what I've done. So has that been kind of your strategy, essentially, is to kind of say your mind, you know, be be outspoken, you know, have that conservative look and and people want to it? Yeah, I think so. I think for too long, conservatives have tried to be so academic and so prudish and fit inside of a little box, especially in in like a television studio where they felt like they need to be very scripted, very uptight. And I've never done any of that. I say what I mean, I mean what I say, and I don't apologize when I'm right. I think for too long, conservatives backed down, they cowered. They didn't have the passion and the energy of those on the left. And so I really wanted to bring that in, not because it was a strategy or some kind of a performance, because it's how I actually feel, but I just feel bold enough to say it. And when I say, a lot of people say they don't care what people think about them. I promise you, I really do not care what people think about me. I'm going to speak the truth. I don't pay attention to who I offend. I pay attention to who I inspire. And I encourage other conservatives to do the same thing because as we all know, liberals have no problem doing that. So I don't understand why conservatives have such an issue with that. And I'm always called controversial, a firebrand, a flamethrower, But I'm just doing what the left does. I'm just playing the game, too. And unfortunately, the left doesn't always like that. But I'm not going to stop. All right, guys. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, it was like when I graduated college, I couldn't find a job. I couldn't even get an interview. And I was struggling for health insurance. I didn't know what I was going to do. And 
I didn't know what I was, I didn't know what my future was going to be like. And uh, I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't have, I didn't want to talk to a friend or a family because I needed someone who just had a good strategy for me. I needed to talk to a professional. That's why BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's super easy. You start communicating in under 48 hours. Listen, this is not a crisis line. It's not a self-help thing. This is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available which may not be local available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can simply log into your account anytime, send a message directly to your counselor. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You don't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as in like traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. And better BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Hollywood Raw. That's Better, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp, they are now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. All right, we've got a special offer for our Hollywood Raw listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Hollywood Raw. All right, let's get back to what we were talking about. You you are a journalist. You are a, a voice in the media. Are you nervous? You know, obviously you said you, you speak how it is. You, you state your opinions. Are you nervous about cancel culture and how it can affect your career or even future? Sure. Well, you know, and I always remind folks, I'm not a journalist. I'm a political commentator. Uh, I went to school for journalism, but everybody knows what I do is opinion-based, so I never want to confuse anybody. I clearly but, have but a bias. I, will say I this. clearly I, lean I, one way. <laughs> I, but I'll say this, though, Tommy, a lot of people, yes, you are a political commentator, but people who watch TV, they consider the stuff you do as news. You know, they don't watch, they, they see what you do as news, not as political commentary. Does that make sense? Like, that's how that's, okay. I incorporate the news. Of course, I incorporate the headlines and the facts, but I also do it from my perspective. And I think that more actual journalists like Anderson Cooper and others would do well to just admit their bias, and then they can do their commentary if they want to while they deliver the news. But I think that there has to be a clear distinction between the two. I am happy and proud to make that distinction. Others, like George Stephanopoulos, Anderson Cooper, Cuomo, others, pretend like they're neutral. And that's very frustrating to people like me. But as far as the cancel culture goes, you know, I, I'm kind of the one that branded the cancel cancel culture. And the way that you keep yourself from being canceled is that you amass a following that does not back down. So the problem and the reason that cancel culture has gotten so bad is conservatives are largely to blame. We apologize too much. We hide in the corner too much. And so the corporations, big tech, and everyone else in this country happens to think that we are the minority. We're not. We are the silent majority. We just need to get a little bit louder. And that's how we keep ourselves from being canceled on every level, whether it's personally, professionally, on TV, on social media, from companies, from TV shows. You become uncancelable when you refuse to back down. So many, and we've seen you know, the, the apologies coming from Chris Harrison coming from really anybody that's been canceled in the last year, they bend over backwards to apologize for things that maybe they didn't even do wrong, maybe just that offended somebody ridiculously. I say apologize when you're wrong, but when you're not wrong, don't apologize for holding a viewpoint. There's nothing wrong with that. Stand your ground. Have a backbone. The thing with social media, obviously people are able to throw out their suggestions or what they believe. How do you deal with haters online? Are, do you just dismiss them? Do you fire back? How do you deal with the haters? 
every once in a while, I have, I like to have a little fun with those that are so triggered by me and say awful, disgusting things. So I'll have a little fun. I'll go back and forth usually with a, you know, kind of a bless your heart or when they tell me I'm disgusting and vile and ugly, I'll tell them, you know, I appreciate their opinion and, and it just makes them feel nice and that they seem like a lovely person to have around. So every once in a while, I'll go back and forth, but quite honestly, I don't engage with the trolls. And my motto is always this too. I'm not going to punch downward. If someone comes after me like a Nicki Minaj or a Cardi B, okay, that's punching upward. I'll take on that fight. Let's go. But someone that's beneath me that has, you know, a, an avatar as their profile pick, probably not worth my time and energy unless I'm just looking for some giggles. All right, guys, I want to take a quick pause right now. Listen, you know, we're talking about cancel culture. We're talking about haters on online and trolls. Listen, there's a lot of people out there that I know are going through this kind of similar thing where it, it takes a toll on you mentally. If you need someone to talk to and you don't want to go to your family, you don't want to go to friends, uh, use BetterHelp. That is why they are our podcast sponsor. They're amazing. That, that That's what they're in the business for. So go to betterhelp.com slash Hollywood Raw, get 10% off your first month, but really more importantly, do it for yourself. We care about you guys. We want everyone to be in the top mental fitness top mental fitness condition that they can be so go to them and get the help you need all right let's get back to what we were talking about that's actually a really interesting look at it. i've never thought about that the punching upwards because you know these feuds online they're a big way to gain a gain social media followings who's the person that came punching you were like oh that's a huge punch up <laughs> well i think cardi b obviously and you know i do have to claim this for people that might hate me I was the one unifying factor between Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. You know, they both don't seem to like me very much. So they united in that for a couple of days. So I, I'm going to go ahead and take credit for that. I wouldn't say it's world peace, but it's uh, pretty close in the pop culture world. But yeah, Cardi B went after me. Nicki Minaj went after me. The game went after me. Jay-Z went after me. I mean, pretty much name a rapper and they've gone after me. But the funny thing is, is that they've continued to go after me on several instances. I'm Cardi B in particular. And times when I didn't even go after her and she'll comment back at me. Funny thing too, a couple weeks ago, I found a Cardi B shirt and I was like, this is great. I'm going to wear this. It's just, it's funny. It's lighthearted, making fun of myself. So I wore a Cardi B shirt. I put it on my Instagram and I tagged her. And then I looked in my, my mentions or my DMs and I see that she saw it. So Cardi, I know you're watching. Someday we're going to reconcile. I just know it. I have a feeling. Okay. Here's a bigger question for you. That aside... Do you like Cardi's music? Because she's got some bangers. Oh, she absolutely does. And you know, the thing that frustrates me about a lot of conservatives is that they lose their mind over songs like WAP. Why? I think that's what Cardi should be doing, is singing about WAP. I think that that is a great avenue for her to artistically express herself. I'd much rather she do that and talk about WAP than talk about politics and, and taxes and immigration. I think she should stay there. And I like her music. I like all, I love Jay-Z. I love 21 Savage. All these people that I've had feuds with, I still like their music. I just think that they should stay in that realm and maybe out of politics. Has any of these rappers that you kind of gotten to, you, you know, you, you clash heads a little bit, and uh, has any of these rappers actually reached out and been like, hey, I really enjoy what you're doing or I'm a fan? 
No, <laughs> that, that, that is yet to happen. Um, you know, I thought maybe at one point uh, Wale and I were getting close. Uh, no, not really. But he comes after me a lot, unsolicited, comes after me. But no, not really. I think that the closest thing I've ever had to that was probably Charlemagne the God and I had a time where we were cordial, where we were friendly. He was actually the one that told me and was the first one to tell me that I was in the Pusha T and Jay-Z song, Drug Dealers Anonymous. He's the one that emailed me and said, like, hey, just so you know, you're in this song. And we've talked on, on several occasions, and then he got a lot of flack for talking to me. So since then, we haven't had a chance to chat in a couple of years. But, you know, he and I were, were close. We talked, and it was fine. Um, but so, the left so hated that, so it ended. I was, I was wondering, listening to all this, do you feel like it's almost – how do I say it? Do you almost feel like it's a cool thing to not like you, and that's why people will gang up? Because I feel like that's what happens – when someone hits a certain level of their career, like a Paris Hilton, it's like it's almost becomes cool not like the person or like a Kim Kardashian, love to hate the person. Do you feel that you've kind of hit that point in your career? Yeah, well, a lot of people like to poke fun at me and I'm a caricature for them and, and a punching bag. And there are a lot of conservatives, at least young conservatives that are in that same boat. But for me, I think it's less about being popular to hate me and more so if you actually like me or you think I'm just a decent human aside from my politics, that's not allowed. And that's been the case for so many. It's been the case with Trevor Noah, Chelsea Handler, Charlemagne, really anybody that I've had a chance to speak with one-on-one -on -one or spend any time with whatsoever that I at least feel like likes me as a human, you know, they're not allowed to do that. So they have to go back to hating me and they have to go back into their box and pick their side because they couldn't possibly like somebody like me. I, you know, so do you think right now you would be the Breakfast Club, Charlemagne's show, his radio show, one of the biggest morning shows in the world? Do you think they would have you on as a guest or are you just too controversial for them right now? Back in the day, I think uh, he would have. I think that maybe his co-hosts weren't so excited about that. But back in the day, sure. I mean, I've been his donkey of the day a couple of times. I haven't officially been on, but I'm open to anything. I love mixing it up with the other side. I love you know, having our debates, having our battles. I don't mind being beat up a little bit. That's one thing that I will always say. I'll enter into any lion's den and I've done it so many times. I'm really unafraid to do so. Like I will go on the daily show. I don't care if you guys are going to laugh at me. I don't care if Trevor Noah is going to introduce me as a racist uncle, whatever. I'll take my hits. It's okay. I'll go on the view. I'll debate with Chelsea Handler. I'll, I'll go on with Bill Maher. I mean, I'm willing to do any of those things and have any of those conversations so, hey, you know, if Charlemagne wants to invite me on, let's do it. Let's have some fun. I'd love to talk about this wonderful president of his. I, re I remember when you actually did The Daily Show, the first time you did The Daily Show, and I remember running into you at the, in the lobby talking after you did The Daily Show. I remember running to you in the lobby of the Bowery Hotel, and you actually were speaking with Trevor Noah after. You guys, you know, had a drink and got to talk. Uh, do you guys still talk? Do you still have a relationship with Trevor? Have you guys spoken at all? You know, I wrote about that in my book, which is funny because now he bends over backwards to say that it was a meeting with his producer and that it wasn't him that actually wanted to hang out with me in any capacity, that it was completely professional and, and his producer was there and my producer was there. Well, my producer wasn't there. You know, my producer, Jessica, she's a mutual friend of ours. She yes. wasn't there. It was just me. I showed I, up. Part of one. I will actually say I will go with you on that. I remember I, I visibly saw you guys in the lobby of the Bowery Hotel and it was just the two of you. I believe maybe three of you, maybe one one of his friends or colleagues. But yes, I, I will say it was just you. So I have your back on that. It was. 
Yeah, and then afterwards, he texted me a few times after I debated Chelsea Handler at Politicon. He texted me and said he enjoyed it and he thought it was fun. So we had like a banter back and forth. I mean, would, I wouldn't say we were homies by any means, but he would text me back and forth. I think we had a, a mutual respect for one another, at least on a professional level. And we respect that, you know, we both take hits and it was fine. It was a cordial relationship. But, you know, then everything kind of ushered in with the huge cancel culture surge and People just don't even want to have those conversations or be associated whatsoever with somebody on the other side because they're afraid that their side is going to come after them and be out for blood. So, yeah, those conversations haven't happened in a long time. It's funny listening to this. I feel like our world is kind of like a high school. Like you, you're not allowed to be friends with someone else that other people don't like. And I think that's really interesting. You know, even this last four years, it's been very polarizing, you know, like you talk politics and you could lose friends and, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird place to be in. You've obviously, you've met Trump. What, what is, you know, putting politics aside, what type of guy is he? I've, I, I mean, we've had lots of people on the podcast that have done, you know, Apprentice and done all these other things. What was your view? Not as president, just as Trump. He's the man. I mean, what you see is what you get. But I actually had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago where I was at CPAC and we have a, a mutual connection and he FaceTimed me right before I went on America Reports. And I got to say, it's the highlight of my year. It's the first time anybody had really seen him in a long wait, time. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Did you say FaceTimed you before going on? Yeah, he did. We have a mutual friend. <laughs> um, so it's, That's on hilarious. My, it's on my Instagram. I, I, I screenshotted that sucker. I'm not letting that one go. But yeah, he was just at Mar-a-Lago. He's got his mega hat on. He's living the life. I mean, what you see really is what you get. He's the type of person that you'd want to hang out with. He is genuine. And the thing that I love about Donald Trump and so many people like myself love about Donald Trump is that you would think that he would be the most unapproachable person. I mean, he's a billionaire, president of the United States, but he is one of us, even though his lifestyle might not be my lifestyle might not be the lifestyle of people like where I'm from in South Dakota in the middle of nowhere, but he can relate to people because he is authentically him. He doesn't talk down to people. He doesn't pretend to be like them. He's not like Joe Biden where he talks about being from Pennsylvania all the time. He's just him. He's like, listen, I'm a billionaire. I like to eat McDonald's a couple times a day. I am what I am. Here it is. I have a lot of respect for that besides the fact that I love his policies and what he did for the country. What about your relationship with his kids? Uh, are you, have, I'm sure you have some sort of relationship with them. What is, what's that like? You know, Ivanka has always been very, very sweet to me, very nice to me. So we've gone back and forth. Tiffany and I have gone back and forth on Instagram. She's great. You know, back when that whole thing happened with when she had her birthday and people were coming down on her for going out and celebrating her birthday in Florida, which was open at the time. And, you know, she was trending on Twitter and people were really coming for her. You know, I talked to her about that because I think she knows that I've taken my fair share of, of hits on that. So we converse back and forth. Don Jr. and I have always been cool. Lara Trump, Eric Trump. They're just a great family. Everybody in that family is so kind, so normal, so humble and down to earth. They're the kind of people that you'd like to be around. I don't think we could say the same about like a Chelsea Clinton, but maybe I'm wrong. I haven't met her. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I don't even know. I'm not sure. You know, you being uh, a Fox Nation, do you get hit up by politicians so that they could like have you on their side? I always wonder that because like when I worked at, yeah, when I worked at TMZ for years, it's like it's only who will dip into your DMs, you know, to be like, hey, I'm here because you know that they're just trying to get something out of it. Do you have things doing that to you? Uh, I wouldn't say so much. I mean, my DMs are a very interesting place, but I wouldn't say it's politicians. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, 
it's a risk because I think back when people were writing the coattails of Donald Trump, they wanted, you know, notable Trump supporters on their side, but now everyone's a little squirmish and they don't know who they want to associate with. But there are ones that are very forthright and out there like the Matt Gates of the world and people like that who, you know, they do want to be associated with people like me, but a lot of the other ones, you know, they have to play it safe and they got to play the game. So it's, it's interesting the way that works. You, you work on Fox News and, well, you're on Fox Nation, but how much does Fox have, you know, opinions or, you know, how much voice do they have in your opinions? You know, do they say, hey, do, you, do they have any say in what you're allowed, you know, or are you totally in control of what you want to say? You know, are you allowed to be a little more liberal there or they, do, they, do they want to screw it more conservative? Well, first of all, there's not really a liberal bone in my body. Yes, I am pro-choice and yeah, I do. Pro yeah, that's, I am yeah. okay with, you know, same-sex marriage and those things. So I'm more socially moderate on some issues. But no, the things that I get in trouble for when I'm, you know, more conservative or, or whatever, and I wouldn't even say get in trouble. You know, I obviously tweeted some things that have gotten me into some hot water in the past. Just the way that I phrase things or the way that, you know, I, I make a joke and it doesn't land well and some people get triggered and offended. But no, I mean, my opinions are completely my own. I write all my stuff myself. I mean, when I'm on live TV, obviously I, I say my piece and people know that what you see is what you get. And I'm going to say what I mean and say what I feel. Sometimes, you know, I get a little slap on the wrist for it, but I'm always me. Now, of course, things are fact-checked. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is they want to make sure that everything I'm saying or scripting is accurate. But other than that, no, I'm I'm 100% me and I get that long leash to be 100% me. And that's a good thing because I really couldn't be the other way. I really don't know how to be what somebody wants me to be. I never have been, never will be. I've lost my job over it in the past. This is what you get. Have you ever had a celeb come to you and say they were a big and it almost it surprised you? Because I, I feel like we've ha I've had those run-ins. I know Adam's had those run-ins where you're like, oh shit, I didn't even know you watched the show or was a fan of my work. Have you ever had that? Several. And I won't name names because they would be canceled but several and so, it's okay. astonishing again to me, i find that very sad that you can't even say the name because you're afraid that they will get in trouble for being a fan of you that's crazy yeah and i won't even i won't name names but i'll just tell you that there are several people that are on bravo who are conservative who you wouldn't expect would be conservative that are fans of mine and have told me that they are fans of mine but i would never out them because i'd never want to do anything to their careers or have you know any flat come their way you know on my accord but yeah several at bravo and I'm, I'm a bravo fan so i watch a lot of bravo so i know about every person on bravo and there are a few where i was really surprised but yeah they are you know when you were talking about charlemagne the god and him you're racist and all that does that hurt your feelings like to me that that's a really powerful word so I don't like. How do you feel if so? If someone's taking you on their show and they're like, they call you a racist, does that hurt your feelings? I wouldn't say it hurts my feelings because I'm in this business and I have to have a rhino skin. It's frustrating, but I learned a long time ago that once you start explaining to people what you are and what you're not, your message really gets lost. I'm not going to waste my time, waste my airtime, waste any time for that matter explaining to someone how I'm not a racist. I know I'm not a racist. If that's how you want to see me and that's how you want to label me because it makes you feel better that you can put me in a box and cast me aside, whatever, go for it. But at the end of the day, I think it's just cheap. And I think it's really just what people want to do because it makes it easier to treat you poorly if they've labeled you a horrible monster, then they don't care how they treat you. So it doesn't hurt my feelings. It's frustrating. 
but I'm so used to it at this point that I just have to get over it. What has been the crazy experience you've ever had with a person who's not a fan? Uh, well, I think that TMZ covered um, the saga of the water being thrown at me <laughs> in Minneapolis. I mean, that was like an ongoing thing that I never wanted to come out because I don't like to you know, highlight people that do disgusting things. But yeah, that was probably the most notable thing that's happened to me is when I was at brunch with my parents at uh, the rooftop in Minneapolis and we're walking out. I'm like flanked by my parents and a girl, a white girl um, who was probably my age decided it would be funny to throw water at me and then record it and then have everybody chant expletives at me and my family. Um, that's probably one of the worst. What, what did your parents say after that moment? Well, you know, they know because I've told them before if anything ever happens because it's happened a few times when I've been with my parents, just don't react because they want the reaction. They would love to see my parents go ape shit and do something like that would give them so much validation. So I always tell them, like, don't don't do anything. I think my mom walked over there and just grabbed the glass because they were going to continue to throw things. But then we just left. And the funny thing is, is this is how bad Minneapolis is. I will never go back to Minneapolis. I mean, you couldn't pay me to go back to that godforsaken city, especially now that they've defunded their police. But they, the people at the, the restaurant, they were asking me and my family to leave because we were causing a scene. And I looked at them and I said, these people just threw water at me and are chanting at me. And I'm with my parents. And you're asking me to leave because I'm causing a problem. Okay, no worries. I don't want to be here anyway. But funny how that works, isn't it? interesting yeah are you but are you you know your your life is, is it's wild very dangerous. Say. <laughs> yeah it's, it's a bit dangerous are you in, are you scared are you, are you in fear of your your wellness because of the not even wellness but just in general are you ever do you walk around in fear because of, there is so many wild people out there that something could happen especially in the times now it depends on where I am. You know, in Nashville, I don't really have a lot of concerns. Sometimes I'll get sneers and glares or people will come up and say nasty things, but I really can't live in fear. And I've always said that, you know, people say, do you, you go around with security when you go places? Even if, even when I was in LA, like, do you go places with security or do you have to make sure that you have people with you at all times? Like, listen, I'm not going to live my life that way. I'm, I'm, I take my precautions. I make sure that I'm smart and vigilant at all times. I protect my home with the Second Amendment. If anybody's going to come in my house, they're going to be in for a rude awakening. But other than that, I'm really just not going to live my life that way because that's becoming a prisoner to my career, and I just won't do that. So be vigilant, be cautious. I'm, my head is always on a swivel, and I'm probably somewhat paranoid. But at the end of the day, most of these people are cowards, I hope. <laughs> so you yeah. said your DMs are an interesting place. What's it like being in Tommy Lauren's? It is a very interesting place in the DMs, you know, and I, don't, <laughs> I don't check my, I usually don't check my random DMs. I have like the, you know, the verified folder. And then I have like the general public folder. That's weird. That's asking for foot pictures and stuff. I don't really dive into that, but you know, if a blue check comes through, I'll, I'll see who it is and we'll, we'll have a discussion. But I, I mean, every person that I pretty much know notably that I'm friends with, I've met through Instagram. I met my current boyfriend on Instagram. I mean, Instagram is my my mode of dating. It really is. I've not I've not met anybody in the last several years that I haven't met on Instagram. So you talked about this boyfriend. Last time I saw you, you just got engaged. And then, you know, obviously things happen. You're with this new guy. He so this new guy, what's his deal? He's a baseball player. What's his deal? 
Yeah, uh, JP, former baseball player. He works for Fox Sports now. So, yeah. And what happened? He just slid in your DMs and just said, hey, what's up? Let's get it. What would he say? Yeah, just I'm a fan of what you do. You know, I appreciate what you do for the country. I mean, that's usually the the DMs that I, I get. And I appreciate that because anytime someone with a blue check puts themselves out there and says, like, I'm a fan of what you do, I take note of that, whether it's trying to be flirty or not. It's like, hey, thank you. Because I, I always think that everybody in the spotlight or anybody that's got a career is going to steer far, far away from me, whether they like me or not. But when somebody does take notice and say something kind to me, you know, it means a lot to me. And then sometimes you end up dating them. Who knows? It's happened a couple of times. <laughs> so what was your first date? Uh, here in Nashville. Came to Nashville to see me. I'm actually headed to Miami tomorrow. So I'm doing the staying far away from South Beach, by the way, because there's no part of me that wants to twerk off. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be big news if Tommy Lauren did a twerk off. Come on. What what um living out in uh, you know Nashville? How different is that from living in LA? I mean, listen, right now it's a little different of a situation because of the pandemic and all of that. But like, normally, are you enjoying that a lot more? Yeah, Nashville is the funnest and weirdest place I have ever lived. This is the smallest town. If you go out on any given day, you will run into at least five people that you know, and it. It's never a dull moment here. I have the craziest weekends here and the people that I see here and the people that I know here, it is the weirdest place. And people think that about LA, maybe because I didn't really go out in LA much, but Nashville's a very interesting place to be. I know that uh, the Bachelorette guy, Sean Booth, is now doing his stuff in uh, Nashville. Has he hit on you yet? <laughs> uh, no, no. I know that he's in Nashville, but there are so many people in Nashville. I mean... Stack them up. I think everybody you... lives in Nashville at this point. Who's the celebrity that you run into the most in Nashville? I have pretty much any country singer, songwriter. I mean, they're out here all the time, especially since they're not touring. I mean, you'll find them in the back of Losers on any pretty much any given night. So a lot of country singers around here. But a lot of people are just moving to Tennessee. It's just a lot of celebrities are moving here because they don't want to be in L.A. and they don't want to be in New York. So it's just, it really is a plethora. It's a smorgasbord anytime you go out. I don't think I've gone out on a single weekend where I haven't seen somebody that's quote unquote famous that I know. It's just a weird place. So, what happened? Can you tell us what happened with Jay Cutler? Like, obviously, that came out of nowhere and there was kind of, I mean, what happened with that? So, Nashville's a very small town. Um, Jay and I happened to be at the same bar. We talked a little bit on Instagram, just completely friendly. We met out at a bar. We've hung out a couple of times. It's just been completely friendly. But as soon as someone sees you with somebody, and especially if you're me, you're going to catch flack for it. So, yeah, I think that was like a day and a half that I just kept getting Google alert after Google alert after Google alert. And I would text Jay and be like, hey, listen, I just want you to know that I think that this is coming out. Like, I'm not going to say that it's this or it's that, but just like want you to be aware because they're going to come after you for this. And then, of course what happened yeah it, it exploded and blew up but then that girl from southern charm then she went out and started you know putting the receipts out there and i'm just thinking girl really like would you really do that i thought that was so cheap and stupid and embarrassing so i feel really bad for the guy he's doing the best that he can i mean dang it he's been through the ringer just leave the man alone he's a good guy yeah how did how did he respond because i gotta imagine like that's just unnecessary drama in his life. So was he like, all right, shit, fuck it. Like, 
let's just see what people say or did go on the defense. No, that's not the truth. Yeah, I think at first he just really doesn't care. The thing that I do give Jay a lot of credit for is he really does not care what people think. It's more about his family and his personal life for him that he doesn't want to rock the boat or cause issues with. But he really does not care about public perception I, I don't think as far as what people think about him or people are going to say that he was seen with me and I'm conservative. So he must be conservative and all that. He really doesn't care about that. He's a real human being. But of course, it's more about he cares about his family. He cares about what's going on in his life. So I think it's more from a place of that than other people who were just terrified of being seen with me for the sake of being seen with me. This like boogeyman that people create in their minds. So what you hanging out with Jay, there was no at least on your side, was there trying to see a little bit more if there was something there or was it strictly as friends? We were just friends. We really were. We, we hung out a few times. Nashville is such a small town. So it's, uh, you're going to run into people and, uh, <laughs> I will give you, I'll give you a little bit more. So last week I'm out, my boyfriend's in town. We're out at losers. If you guys ever want to come to Nashville, you got to go to losers because everything goes down at losers. So <laughs> Losers is the place. And so then my friend comes up to me and she's like, hey, Tommy, oh shit. And I said, what? She goes, Jay's here. <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. The one time when my, my current boyfriend is here and then of course like all the rumors and whatever and then Jay's in the back and I'm thinking only in Nashville would this happen to me. How do I get out of here? Like, where is the exit? But it turned out to all be fine, but it was, uh, I'm telling you, never a dull moment in Nashville. Have you ever ran into Kristen Cavallari? I have not, no. But from what I hear, she's a really sweet person. We have mutual friends and, you know, I have nothing against her. I think she's, I think she's great. I don't know her. I'm sure she probably doesn't like me that much, but I think she's great. Do you guys have paparazzi out there? Because I, I, I feel like I've seen photos from Tennessee, but it's not like it's obviously not LA or New York where there's a lot. Do you get papped out there? No, we don't. We have laws against that here, which is why really? I think a lot of people come here because we do have those laws. So yeah, no, we don't have any of that around here. Would you ever do something like Playboy? Um, I've been in Playboy before, but it was just an article. So I remind people of that. But you know, who knows? I mean, I'm not going to do anything that's going to offend my, my base. I'm still in conservative media. So I, I'm not going to do anything that's you know, to Tommy after dark type of things, because what, what my, my big thing is, would it actually offend the base or they just wouldn't want to talk about it publicly? You know, I think there's like a two different sides that people would say they're offended, but everyone's going to go look, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I really don't know. I think that if you want to be taken seriously in conservative media, I mean, Megan Kelly did it, I suppose. But you know, I, I hold myself to a certain standard, I wouldn't do anything, I'm not going to do anything like Playboy, playboy. But, you know, I think that I'm probably a little different than a lot of conservative commentators. I push the envelope anyway with a lot of the things that I do. So, you know, who knows? What do you mean playboy, playboy? Does that mean pose nude? Or yeah, like, like I'm not going to do a, a, a spread or a cover or do any, I'm not going to show any, anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. I, I don't foresee <laughs> that happening anytime soon. I, nor do I think that they would ask me to do that. Although I do know Cooper Hefner, and he has become a friend of mine over the years, which is interesting. He's obviously very liberal, but he has become a friend of mine. Very cool. Do, do you have a relationship with Megyn Kelly? We follow each other on Twitter. I've always admired her. I've always thought that you know she really took the fight to whatever she was taking the fight to. And I think what happened to her was horrible and despicable and wrong. 
Um, she's getting, you know, paid for it, which is good for her and her family. But I don't know her personally. I would like to, though, because she is an inspiration and a role model to me in a lot of ways. Yeah, I've met her a bunch in New York. She's always been super nice and cool and sweet, very pretty, like just nice. Uh, every time I've met her in New York, she's she's always been awesome, just very uh, pleasant. You know, and she's killing it right now with the podcast. You know, like I, people like her and Katie Kirk are kind of starting their own news kind of network, individual, you know, and kind of based on social media. So they're doing really well. Is that something that you would ever do? Is just, you know, is that something you would ever like? What's the future for you? Obviously, Fox Nation right now is crushing, but what, what do, you, what more do you want to do? Well, I think that the future of news in general is going to be really personality driven, and it's going to be like you said, the Megyn Kellys and other other of us that have created a brand that's really outside of our networks or really outside of our day jobs. I think that that's really where things are headed. So who knows what the future holds? Um, Instagram and social media, that's obviously been a big space for me to be myself and, and say the things I want to say. So I think it's, it's always going to be a hybrid of a lot of different things. But I, I like to do a lot a lot of different things. So we'll see what's next. What's the best part about working on Fox Nation? Like, what do you enjoy when, you know, some people hate their jobs, some people love their jobs. Like when you get up in the morning and you flip that camera on from your studio upstairs, are you just really appreciative? Like, I, I don't know. I'm just curious to see what, what you think about your job. Yeah, I love what I do because no two days are the same. So I just got off of Outnumbered. And then later on, I'm be on with Martha McCallum. And then you never know what's going to come your way. But I think that my favorite part about it is when I get to go into the field. So next week, I'm headed down to the border for my sixth border trip, I think it is. And those are the kind of things that I love to do. I like to get out. I like to talk to the people. A couple of weeks ago, I went back to South Dakota, talked to the people that have been laid off because of the Keystone pipeline being canceled by Biden through executive order. Those are the kind of things that I really love to do. And I get an opportunity to do with my job is really get out there and get my hands dirty and get the real story. And anybody that knows me or follows me knows that immigration is my number one. So I, I really, really look forward to those kind of things and talking with the people. How many times have you been to the White House about now, would you say? I have never been to the White House. You've never I've just been, been to the outside of the White House. No, I, I have not. No, you know, a couple, uh, probably, I guess, maybe four years right after Trump was elected, he called me and thanked me for my videos. And he, you know, because he's Trump and this is the way he talks, he says, next time you're in D.C., just come to the White House, bring your friends and family. And I'm thinking, yeah, I would love to take you up on that, but it's not like I have your direct line. So I don't know. Do I shoot you a DM when I'm outside or how does this work? But it never <laughs> ended up happening. <laughs> it is true. It's like. It's like people, you're like, I really want to do that offer, but I don't know how to ever get a hold of you. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> how long does it, it take you to get ready before you do a, you know, before you go on air? From to, to, from you studying your notes to you obviously dialing yourself up. Yeah, uh, well, I would say I spend a lot of time when I'm actually in the chair because we've got a delay time. So that's when I do a lot of my research and I look things up so it's fresh in my mind. But I don't know, probably two hours or so. I'm pretty fast. I've got this down to a science now. I've had a home studio in LA for three years. I've had this home studio for about a year now. So I'm very used to working from home and I know my my rituals. I haven't worn shoes to work in probably five years. So perks of having a home studio, I guess. Do you get dressed from like the waist up? Do you get, have to do a full outfit? I feel like oh, during sometimes. the pandemic... Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, that's not just the pandemic. People are just discovering that they don't have to wear pants because of the <laughs> pandemic and Zoom calls. There are times that, I mean, you can wear whatever you want on the bottom most times. 
So you mix it up. It just depends on what I'm feeling. I do a lot of Fox and Friends. And when I was in LA, Fox and Friends is obviously three hours earlier. So if it was a 6.30 hit, I'd be doing it at 3.30. And, you know, who knows? Sometimes you can just sleep on your back for a couple hours and throw something on in the top and make it work. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, I, I, I'll ask this, uh, Tommy. What is your advice to people that are trying to become, that are just being doing commentary on TV, not even just political, it could be entertainment, political, anything. What is uh, your main advice to the people doing it? Yeah, speak from your heart. Don't do anything because you want to become famous or you want to go viral because people are going to detect the bullshit in an instant. People know when you're genuine and when you're authentic and when you're a grifter. And I can see a grifter from a mile away, somebody that wants to do conservative commentary or wants to do any commentary, wants to be an influencer. You can tell when people are phony. I think we've all got a pretty good BS radar for that because of whatever season we're on of The Bachelor. I think we can all kind of sniff that out pretty well. So I would just, my advice to people would be do what you love to do, speak from the heart and make sure that you mean what you're saying and you're not just doing it for cheap thrills or to go viral or to make money because that's how you're going to have a lasting career. Uh, oh, you know what we need to do real fast? I almost died. And then I realized we haven't done fan chat ru- or fan question roulette. Do you All mind right. if we do that real that's fast? Goodness. This <laughs> yeah, is this the, this, this is the funnest I've been doing. So we have our fans submit questions not knowing who our guests be because we don't tell them ahead of time. We just release podcasts and boom, you're on it, right? So we have, but they want to be a part of it and they want their questions asked and answered. And so they submit videos of themselves. Our producer, Pat, will grab the videos, drop them in to our production. We haven't seen them. We don't know the questions are coming up. All we see is the person's name. So we play the question. We see their name and we hope that it's no butthole question because that's always something that comes up. It's always something (laughs) weird and random. Hopefully, you know, it's something doesn't embarrass us. But yeah, we have no idea what it is. All right. All right. All right. So we're going to do fan question roulette starting with Will here. If you had the opportunity to get paid $500 to relive the worst date of your life, would you do it? The worst date of my life? I, I think it was the worst date of my life. Yeah. Date or day? Yeah. I don't... Date. <laughs> date. Oh, boy. Uh, you want me to describe the date or just tell you if I would do it again for $500? Oh, no. We want to hear the If you've got a story on a worst date, we want to hear it. Okay. I'll give you one. This is This is a great one. So right when I moved to L.A., I didn't really know a lot of people in L.A. And imagine me moving to L.A. from Dallas. Like, you know, what are you supposed to do here? I just got out of a relationship. I was like, I want to meet somebody in L.A. So what I'm going to do the Bumble thing. We'll see how this goes. It's always touchy when you're a public figure and you're going on Bumble. But I went on Bumble. I met somebody. They lived in Santa Monica. I was like, listen, this person looks somewhat normal. Uh, it looks like they want to like, join the fire department. So I like that kind of line of work. I like our first responders. Let's do this. So I go out on a date with this person. Okay, nice guy. Really nice guy. Had no idea who I was, which, by the way, I appreciate and I don't care. Um, but I discovered that he worked in Beverly Hills for like the foremost penis enlargement doctor and would do like <laughs> consultations. And as we're sitting there in Santa Monica, he's got to answer like patient questions about, you know, their upcoming procedure. And I'm thinking this has got to be the weirdest thing I've ever seen that, and I'm so glad that you're so comfortable with it, but you literally look at private parts for a living and tell people how to make them bigger. 
Um, you know, very. Can Adam get his phone number? Yeah, I was about to say. (laughs) No, the worst part is, is that afterwards I blocked him so that he, I, because I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Then he figured out who I was. I just got to block this number. So I blocked the number. But then the worst thing happens when you block somebody's number and then you see them and they want to know, like, oh, like (laughs) my texts don't go through. It's like. How, what is going on here? I think I'm being like censored or shadow banned or something. So basically your date was more worried about everyone else's wieners than focusing on you. Yeah. Oh you know, no more Bumble. Like I deleted that app after that. I was like, this is just not going to work. I'm gonna, I'd rather die alone. Than- uh, <laughs> all right. I like that Amazing. one. By the way, Adam, I think that one for someone else. And then right when it's going, I was like, oh, damn, I think I played that one. So. That's truthfully, (laughs) this is famous. I got another one for you from Sam. So my question is, what is your Mount Rushmore of vegetables? What are your top four? (laughs) The the Mount Rushmore of vegetables? Mount Rushmore of vegetables. I like that. My Mount Rushmore of vegetables. Well, you know, this is a great question for me because I'm from South Dakota where Mount Rushmore is. So I'm supposed to just give her my my top top vegetables? Yeah, your top four vegetables. Hey, we're they're random questions, but they're there. Let's do it. Okay, I guess we'd go carrot. Um, I think a bell pepper is still considered a vegetable, but it's kind of like on the edge there. So I guess carrot, bell pepper, mushroom, Brussels sprout. Ooh, okay. Mushroom over broccoli? Okay, I see you, girl. Yeah, you, you got to be honest. Just tell it like it is. Do you, um, um, do, do you... Do you smoke marijuana? I can't. Or can you talk about that? I do not. You know, um, I don't. Wouldn't ever want to do something that made me slower or more lethargic. So, no. That's just. I don't care if people do it, but that's just really not for me. I'm more embarrassed. I said, "Do you smoke marijuana?" Like I'm a fucking, like I'm supposed to teacher or something like that. What am I doing? Like, that was so it was weird. very professional. I don't know why that came out. Like do you that. smoke I, the marijuana? Yeah. No, I don't know why that came out like that. Well, Tommy, listen, you're awesome. You're, you're, uh, you know, I think people, uh, I th- you're, you're a really sweet person. I, you know, we've met a couple times in person with mutual friends. Uh, I, I commend what you're doing as far as speaking your, your truth, whether you agree with it or you don't. You know, I, I respect people's honesty, and uh, I, I also appreciate when people don't really apologize when, when they don't think they did anything wrong. But only when people apologize when they actually did something wrong. Um, but uh, I think you're, you know, you're doing you and uh, you're happy. And I think that's what matters most. And uh, it's good to see that you're doing well. Well, thank you. And you guys come down to Nashville, Tennessee anytime. I promise you it will never be a dull moment here and you'll have a great time. And we're open and we're thriving and we're living life. We don't fear coronavirus here. We live. So come on to Nashville. Thank you, Tommy. Dax, what did you think? Listen, she's she's interesting. And I, you know. I don't agree politically with with a lot of things she says. Agreed. However, Same here. that is not why we have people on the podcast. We have people on the podcast because we want to know about them or we want to see what their view on life is, you know? Um, and I do give her credit for always speaking her truth, whether people agree with it or not. I think that is a very difficult thing to do this day and age. Um, so... Uh, yeah, listen. Being called a racist, that to me would crush me, crush me. You know, like I've had people joke, you know, and they like think it's funny. Like some of my, I'm not gonna say who, but like we've, ha- I've had friends that'll just say it. Just know it bothers me so much. So for her to live every day and have that and have that come in on your feed, I feel like would 
absolutely crush me. And um, it, what what a weird life she does live, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, I've seen her out in New York uh, a bunch, and there's no security when she walks out. She kind of just kind of does. She stands out too, you know. She's a blonde, pretty girl, just walks out like she, you know, she she stops traffic a little bit, but. She's she's she doesn't apologize because in her mind she doesn't do anything wrong and I I I don't agree exactly with all her politics but I do respect her her stance and non apologetic attitude so that's really cool um, did I did I come across creepy in this interview <laughs> Are you talking just the marijuana question Well just in general it's just like yeah did you hook up with Sean Booth yet Did he hit on you yet I mean, these are the questions that we have. We're, we're Hollywood raw. Like, what you know, we're not we're not CNN or Fox News here. Like, we're, we're asking <laughs> yeah. questions that we find interesting. So, no, I don't think it's creepy. Yeah, okay, good. I just don't want to come across creepy. I mean... I, I, I feel like I that's why people tune in, because they want to hear the weird shit you ask. Yeah, they want to hear creepy. Well, listen, if you want to hear more creepy, check us out on YouTube. <laughs> uh, you can see us. You can check out the Hollywood Real Podcast. We're on YouTube, where we have a video component. We're on TikTok, Facebook, Triller. Uh, Instagram, follow us, uh, leave a review and a comment that really helps us out. You can find me at, at Adam Glenn, G L Y N. You can find Dax Holt at D A X H O L T. And we'll see you guys next time. A Media Production.